0: Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. Hey, you know, I always thank you, and I genuinely mean it, for joining us here on the program with 62,200-plus listens uh, since January 1 of 2018 on SoundCloud and all of the other podcast outlets. You folks are listening, and I'm glad you're sharing. We're on YouTube as well so that you can watch these interviews we change the backgrounds from time to time, folks. <laughs> like today, uh, I'm, uh, I'm sitting uh, lakeside, as it were. Uh, uh, I don't remember the name of the lake, but the building behind me uh, that you can see is uh, Kildare Abbey. Uh, it's in Connemara, County Galway. And uh, it's a place that I was at, my goodness, it was like 18, 17, 18 years ago. And I miss it. Miss it terribly. Would love to move there. Would love to live there. If there's anyone in Ireland who, by the way, Ireland is number three on our hit parade of uh, uh, countries listening. Number three, if there's anybody there who would like to adopt me, I am certainly good for chopping wood and and I'll, I'll learn to milk a cow and do all those good things. Um, you know, whatever it takes to to get me there. I'll continue to do these programs from there. Uh, our guest today is half Irish. I'm like one, two, maybe three percent. A little less than what I thought as a kid growing up, but I'll take it. And he is a harpist, and he's going to be sharing with us his story. His name is Peter Sterling, and uh, he has uh, a couple of CDs here. One in particular, uh, the uh, The Winding Way. And we're going to feature some of the music from uh, his uh, CD. Uh, And Peter, thank you so much for joining us. Granted, you're not in Ireland, but you're in an area that is just as special, just as unique, just as um, spiritual and or metaphysical, I guess, depending upon your perspective. Mm -hmm. And that is you're coming to us all the way from all the way from Sedona, Arizona. That's right northern arizona It's sedona the land of the red rocks the towering red rocks and it's great to
1: have you with us from there thank you for having me richard it's great to be with you here on this kind of a rainy day a misty day here in sedona so it's uh... got that
0: kind of irish feel to it mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. and and i have to say that your background is, is very warm and inviting it's it's soft colors uh very gentle and I love that i love that that's that's uh, one of my
1: uh, photographs here one of my landscape panoramas oh
0: uh, that's beautiful I have my
1: yeah my photography is in the galleries here in Sedona oh
0: uh, wow wow how long friend. have you been photographing uh, professionally or as far as uh, you know putting it up in uh, art galleries and so forth well that's being in the galleries is fairly recent i've been in and out of
1: Sedona for 30 years. I've been an artist here during that whole time. I've uh, been an artist most of my life. I Just a few years ago, I got invited to be in, in a gallery, a very famous gallery here. One that when I first came to town 30 years ago as a glass artist, because I make stained glass um, as well, that I always imagined myself being in this one particular gallery and then... Uh, uh, a couple years ago, I wandered in there on a gallery opening night and I was casually speaking to some woman and I uh, told her that I do art and she wanted to see it. I showed her some pictures. She says, well, I'm the owner of this gallery. I'd love to have your art here. Mm. So moral of the story, you just never know how long it's going to take to get your art in that gallery that you always dreamed of. It took me about 30 years for that wow. to manifest. But
0: You know, sometimes it's worth waiting for. I know the feeling. Uh, I've been doing this for over 40 years, and mm-hmm. uh, and um, I I seem to sort of make a name for myself. Uh, I, I did, so to speak, although it's more difficult in a place like Phoenix, which was, it was, and I don't know what it is now, but it was at the time, 15th largest uh, broadcast market in the country. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I moved to what was then in 2006, the, I think it was like 280th market, mm-hmm. and that was fine with me. You know, uh, the name for yourself there. Yeah. And and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I have uh, to some degree. And and I'll be sad to leave it one day. I don't know when that Mm -hmm. will be uh, Mm -hmm. for Ireland sooner rather than later. What's interesting is uh, and I guess today's program is going to have sort of an Irish flair. I mean, if you think about it, the harp is the uh, is sort Mm -hmm. of the symbol of Ireland, the international symbol, if you will.
1: I have one right here. You have one
0: right there. And and, uh, I was actually watching, literally less than 24 hours ago, a series of videos, one of them uh, that was narrated by Gene Hackman, Mm -hmm. about Ellis Island and about the migration uh, from all parts of Europe, including Ireland. And, of course, you may know this as, as well, the very first person across the threshold as the song... Uh, entitled um, The Isle of Hopes and Tears um, was an Irish girl, 15-year-old Annie Moore. Hmm. And I was watching these different videos, and, of course, they were uh, early on uh, escaping from actually 1840, uh, mm-hmm. trying to escape uh, the, the potato famine and all of that that that, that entailed. Uh, so, you know, I, I, it's like I, I don't know why... I wasn't even thinking about our interview, per se, but I was thinking about this uh, move that I hope to make one day and um, how much I miss the country. And I was talking with a man from Northern Ireland, and I don't know if you've ever been to Ireland, uh, uh, Peter. Never been. Oh. Always wanted to go, dreamed of going. Go, man. I, I can't tell you. Go. Not
1: yet. D- let's finish the interview and then go. <laughs> but- I have family there, actually. Cousins. Oh. I actually come from a famous musical family. My ancestors, my cousins are a famous musical family there in Belfast. Oh, and, beautiful, um, beautiful. My, my great uncle um, is Herbert Hughes, and he is very famous in Ireland. He, what he did was he published two books of... Irish country songs and he traveled the Irish countryside and he collected all the old songs. And then he, he put the notation and wrote them all down into a song books and he's very famous for that. And, um, I am their American cousin. We've never met any of my cousins over there mm-hmm. and I play the Irish harp. So, well, you
0: know. I, I, you know, I, I, I actually tried learning to play the guitar not long ago, but I, I, I just couldn't get my hands around the neck. Uh, it was just, and I thought, you know what? I'll just, I'll just stick with the voice. I, I, ah. I can do that, and that'll be just fine. Uh, maybe one day. I, but it's okay. Each one of us has to find our own way. And when you play the harp, um, you don't have to wrap your fingers around anything. Uh, you're actually what, just strumming the strings in just the right way. Just like that, and it's interesting you should say that because. Before I was playing the harp, I was playing
1: the guitar a little bit, and I was pretty good, but I always found it difficult to bend and twist my fingers in certain positions on the fretboard. And then when I discovered the harp, I could just put my hands to the strings and they could... Easily without hurting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is that improvisation right there? That's improvisation. That is gorgeous. Absolutely fantastic. No, I I don't detect any flaws in the piece, uh, and you're just creating right there. Now, aside from the logistics, uh, the structural aspects of the harp as compared as you did with the guitar, Hmm. what's what's the other reason that you were drawn to the harp or that the harp was drawn to you? Well, that's really my life story there was the
1: when I came to Sedona in the early nineties and I came here on my vision quest after living 10 years in Colorado. And I came here to pursue my artistic talents cause I had always been an artist most of my life. And I just decided I'm gonna move to Sedona and I'm just gonna live as an artist. This is really what's in my heart. This I wanna follow my bliss, so to speak. And, mm. and I always, the, the artist lifestyle always attracted me. I'm one of those people, I've never had a nine to five job So I've always been a free spirit and kind of a wanderer, free agent. And and so I came here to pursue my art. And then after a short time, I received a message from Great Spirit uh, that I should uh, release all of my material possessions, acquire a Volkswagen camper van, (laughs) and that I was going to be going on a vision quest, a bit of a walkabout. And I was going to be led by spirit to discover something very important for my life. And I had a sense that there was some. I was going to get some sort of an upgrade. It was something new was going to come. And this is my early 30s, and uh, so I did that. I got the van, and I ended up sleeping every night in the canyons of Sedona, and traveling between Sedona and Mount Shasta and Colorado, and just following my free spirit. And I I didn't know what I was searching for, but always felt that I would discover something. But it really came to me here in Sedona when I would. Go out into the uh, backcountry canyons here and um, sit and just sit in the silence and just listen Mm.
0: to silence. We are going to pause to listen to some some of this beautiful music. What is it that you would like us to uh, feature in this particular segment from your CD, your album, if you will, the recordings that we have on hand here from The Winding Way? What What would uh, you feel? What are you led to share with us uh, on this at this time? I
1: think the number one song, Beauty Abounds. It's a song about the beauty of nature. And it's very heartfelt and just very kind of floaty and deep, deep feeling. So I think that'd be a
0: nice one to start with. We're going to start with that one, Beauty Abounds. It's from uh, uh, Peter Sterling and The Winding Way as you are listening to Tell Me Your Story, where we bring you new paradigms for a new world and choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you for being with us here on the program. We're talking with a, a wonderful musician, beautiful music that he shares with us, not only here on the program, but also through the CD, The Winding Way. Peter Sterling is our guest, and it's not the only reason that he's on the program. Uh, we've started out the program, of course, talking about our, our Irishness, <laughs> which is just fine with me. Um, but you also have a part of a, a book that has been released there's mm-hmm. also a CD in it it's entitled the same as the book which is entitled Hearing the Angels Sing a true story of angelic assistance I being born and raised Catholic was raised around the whole concept of angels and archangels mm-hmm. tell us about your introduction to the realm the angelic realm
1: mm-hmm Yeah, well, I really didn't have a reference for angels until I came to Sedona and I had these kind of illuminating transcendental experiences here in the canyons. Um, Before that, I imagined angels might be a figment of somebody's imagination. But um, what happened to me here is when I came to Sedona, I was on my vision quest, living in my van. I spent a lot of time just out in nature by myself and just sitting in the silence, basking in this incredible silence of the the canyons that exists here. And I'd never felt anything. There was a real presence. It was like an energy of, and, and when you get real quiet, you could hear that there was a vibration that emanates off the red rocks here. So I was just guided to go just sit in that silence. You know, there's that old quote, silence is golden. Or be still and know that I am God. Mm. So that was kind of what I was doing. I was just sitting and being, and just I would I just wanted to see what happened if I just really was able to be totally present in the here and now, and just expand in that space. Something might happen. And indeed, what happened to me was, you know, I was working a lot on my meditation and working on my chakras, on my energy centers, clearing, healing myself because. I was being told that I needed to do this preliminary work of clearing because something big was going to come and I need to prepare myself for it. So I would often just hike out in the canyons and I did a lot of recapitulation of my past. Sometimes I just lie on the ground and just cry because I was, you know, we all have our traumas, our, our little, you know, pains that we carry with us. And I was just being guided to, to release that I was doing a lot of work with healers and shamans and chiropractors and acupuncturists and, who were helping me to, to, to fine tune and refine my nervous system, doing a lot of fasting and, uh, and, and yoga and whatnot. So, But then when I got real still, then I began to hear the subtle strains of some sort of music. At first, uh, I thought that I was hearing somebody was playing some music in a portable stereo, some classical music out in the forest, but no, that wasn't what it is. It was, I, I realized that I was hearing of something of a divine origin And it seemed like it was in perfect harmony with the sound of the leaves rustling in the tree or the the little stream that was by the bird song. Everything was in harmony with this incredible sound that I was hearing. It's very much like the movie August Rush with Robin Williams and the boy, you know, heard the music in nature and he became a great composer. Mm. That was very much what happened to me, just sitting in nature. And then I began to hear the celestial music. And uh, I was told, you know, in ancient times, Richard, that the ancient peoples heard this music and they they strive to be in harmony with it, you know, and take care of the earth and nature to to create this great music because it brings so much bounty and blessings. But then over time, you know, like in the fall, the humans, they don't hear the music anymore. You know, there's this beautiful music. So that's that's how it came to me. I started to hear this music and my my inner guidance was trust surrender and let go and allow the music to take you away so as i was sitting there imagine me out in the forest here out in the canyon just by myself my spirit began to ascend and travel up my central channel my it's like my top of my head opened up my crown chakra my heart was just so full of this kind of divinity of this love and feeling that i would sound and i just floated right out the top of my head and went up uh into another dimension And there I was just, there was all this golden light around me. And I was just bathing in this golden light, having this kind of supreme transcendental experience. And as I was looking around in my inner vision, I was able to discern, I started to see some shapes. There was something around me. And so as I focused my inner vision, it came into focus. And to my astonishment, Richard, I was surrounded by a group of angels, the little cherub ones, the little chubby babies that we often see depicted <laughs> in Renaissance art playing harps and flutes and violins. And to my astonishment, there they were. And the sele- the little angelic musicians, the cherubs, and they were playing harps and flutes. And this music that I was hearing, they were playing it. They were part of it somehow. And I was just, it just absolutely blew my mind. It was like a before and after experience. That's when my life changed. When I realized that angels were real and they weren't just somebody's imagination. Uh, it was it was uh, a real earth-shaking experience for me. Mm. But that began a relationship with this group of angels that would come to me. And um, I eventually discovered
0: that I could communicate to them telepathically.
1: Mm.
0: And go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that um, what you describe... Um, your experience, where you are, and what your experience and so forth. It all, it, it, my my eyes are moistened by wow. the expressions that you are sharing with us. Uh, mm-hmm. It is something that we talk about on this program quite often in a little different context mm-hmm. of uh, people participating in the decade of perfect vision, meaning we ask them to go within. And listen to that still small voice to reconnect with nature if you can, to be quiet in that calm, peaceful and safe space. Uh, it's just, it's, it's just marvelous. We're going to take a, another pause here to listen to another piece of uh, music that you have created. Uh, okay. I want to come back and talk more about the music, but we'll also talk more about the angels uh, from "The Winding Way" by Peter Sterling. What shall we listen to now, my friend? I really
1: like the track three. It's called "Deep Dive," and this was it has been inspired by my my love of swimming with dolphins i often go to the bahamas and go on these dolphin swim adventures and take my harp and play my harp for the dolphins Hmm. Uh, so
0: this is deep dive let's take a listen to deep dive as we continue here on tell me your story new paradigms for a new world as we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams and mine come true I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, it is a distinct pleasure to have uh, such a calming influence, a peaceful influence. Not to say that any of our other guests don't provide that as well, but this is this is uh, a wonderful thing. Now, I have to say that... I received a copy of the book with the CD inside as well, and I, I, no, I haven't had a chance to listen to it. Is this the audible version of the book, or is this more music that was incorporated uh, into this uh, this uh, publication? Well,
1: the w- you know, the way I wrote this book, the angels really guided me to to make it. It's like the the book is like a portal, mm-hmm. and when you read my story, I take you on my whole journey of how what led me to connect with the angels and everything that happened around it. It really is very transportive. It's almost like you can travel with me through the story. And it came through very much kind of stream of consciousness. But there is a way that I use language to try to describe, Richard, these experiences I had, which were really beyond, you know, human comprehension. The sa- the beauty of the sound is like it's beyond anything we could imagine here uh and i've always endeavored to express that through my music and i've been told that my music has is reminiscent of this higher celestial sound but but i there was a way that i used language in the book to bring to life uh the story and the music that goes with it is like a soundtrack so if you play softly in the background as you're reading it's kind of a whole sensory immersion mm. experience and it really really works because the music has the frequency and the energy if you if you listen to my music with your eyes closed beautiful visions and panoramas all of a sudden appear in your mind's eye it's ho- it's a hologram it's holographic because as i'm making the music richard i'm i'm in with my intention my heart my soul i'm putting into the music visions paintings mm-hmm. scenarios landscapes uh, it's all there and this is how the angels taught me. You know, I wasn't trained. I taught myself really how to do all of this. And it's a very unique pathway that I came down to, to do this music and art in, in the storytelling here.
0: Well, also included within the pages of the book is a photograph. And it's a photograph, I believe this is of you and two beautiful blonde women, one on either side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you explain to me uh, is this standard procedure <laughs> by the publisher, or was this something that was included for my benefit? Uh, and, and, and again, I have a very strong affinity for the awareness of what a photograph contains. You know, it's not just uh, a one or two dimensional picture of someone mm-hmm. uh, we've had people on this program who ask for you to send them a photograph which they then process through uh, their computer technology to then send out balancing vibrations to help to do all kinds of wonderful things for you so this 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 photograph that i have here you know is uh you know can you uh, do you know which one i'm referring to here
1: oh my gosh you ended up is that in the book?
0: That was in the book.
1: Oh, my God. You have to send that back to me. David.
0: Uh, I will. I will. And I've uh, been referred to as David that's, before, but that's, that's all right. Uh, I will get it back to you. Absolutely. Post haste. Richard, that's very interesting. Well, I'll tell you the story about that
1: photograph. Those two, they're in the book. Those both are in the story mm-hmm. somehow. I guess I'm supposed to tell you. So the one gal is Terry Lynn Taylor, who is a best-selling author of Angel Books and and she, we had a we have a chapter together of the advent the angel adventure she and i went on but the other girl the the kind of younger pretty one she became my fiance and she's in the book because we discovered when i met up with her the angels came to her and they started telling her she's like a she's she was a like a walk in because she had died in a car accident oh, wow. 2 years before i met her mm. in santa fe mm-hmm. And I was playing my harp in the cafe in the bookstore and she came in and we had this eye contact and I, we met and we, we met and we, we connected and we ended up being engaged, but she was, she came from the realm of the angels. Wow. And it was this whole amazing story that's in the book (laughs) of about walk-ins and reincarnation. And there's this whole kind of past life love affair into the, Current time that weaves in the story as well and that's funny you should get that i don't know how you got that picture in the
0: book that's, that's... <laughs> well there are no coincidences there are coincidences incidents yeah. that coincide and uh there's a reason and this probably was it and maybe there's something more to it i don't know but nonetheless i will be returning this photograph to you um <laughs> Because it has more meaning for you than it does for me, but I am
1: sure
0: I am always intrigued. Uh, for example, when, for example, the the uh, the materials that are sent in a book, right? For example, I'm always cognizant of where, what page. And so then I will read. Uh, Uh, those two sides, the two pages. Right. um, And, and see, okay, what is it that's being said here? There's some significance. Now, am I reading too much into it? Uh, Who knows? All I know is that's the way that I interpret it. So with the photograph, now in the case of the materials, the the paperwork, it was just in the front cover, just inside (laughs) the front cover. So I didn't put a lot of, of uh, uh, energy into it from that standpoint, but if it had been in the middle of the book somewhere, a whole nother story. Um, the influence, and I don't even want to use the in, the word influence. You you shared with us uh, earlier, early in the program, uh, a, a piece that you were just creating; it mm. just came to you. Mm. But the the uh, uh, eleven songs on this particular CD, "The Winding Way," um, were all of these improvisational or are they written down on sheet music somewhere that you, you they that came to you how what's your creative process i guess is yeah. is where i'm coming from
1: right well i'm not trained in music so i don't read or write music so i just sit down and i might have a melody line a theme that i've been playing It all comes through improvisation. So what I do, Richard, whenever I sit at the harp, I never really know what I'm going to play. I just start playing, you know, and it just kind of happens. Mm -hmm. There's this thing that happens with me. It's kind of magical when you come see my performances. I just kind of sit down and I just kind of open up to the, to that divine inspiration. I just Mm -hmm. put my hands to the string and, and oftentimes it's just the music just comes forth naturally improvisation. But I also have particular songs that I play now on this particular album. Um, yeah, that first song, Beauty Abounds, that was, that was a pure improvisation
0: where I just sat at the harp and just started playing. Wow. Captured that. Yeah. Wow. And, and when it comes to improvisation, uh, there are no mistakes. Uh, it just flows out of one. And that to me is, is incredible to be able to sit down especially in a studio uh and you're spending x number of dollars for the engineer and the producer and all those kinds of things and you just yeah you don't have anything written down what are you talking oh it's all in your head actually from your if i if i am understanding correctly from our conversation thus far it's not actually coming from your head it's actually coming from your heart and the uh the, uh, 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 crown chakra, if you will, connected to the divine. Mm -hmm. And to some people that may sound very strange, but Mm. you know, when you think about it, folks, when you think about it, inspiration, uh, yes, it's within us and it comes through us and we're connected to all of it. I mean, you know, it's just, Mm. I mean, it's an amazing thing. I, I, Uh, without belaboring this point because i don't want to go too far into this but Mm -hmm. you know i i am a songwriter not published i've written one song uh through a program that i went through back uh, in the summer and fall of this past year 2021 Mm -hmm. and uh it took three months uh to work out the lyrics and then we worked out the notes and Mm -hmm. she was shocked when i started to write the notes on the The sheet music, you know, my gosh, uh, my other classmates, uh, other uh, students, hey, and yet here you are, you're right, you're putting the notes where, and I remembered enough from chorus from high school, uh, you know, in terms of reading music, and I don't read it that well, I just listen, in my case, I listen to the closest tenor to me, and then I just copy. What else shall we listen to as we pause once again here on the program? Uh, to from the CD, uh, Peter Sterling and the Winding Way. What shall we listen to next? How about um, track number six, "Rose Petal Tea"? That's a wonderful oh. duo with harp and violin. Oh, now that's beautiful, Rose. I'm sorry, Rose. What again? Rose Petal Tea. Rose Petal Tea. Yes. Actually, it's a, it sounds it's a love song. It's about so- it's a story
1: about a love affair.
0: Yeah.
1: And this was the I mean, this is a vision that well, as I improvise in these songs, you know, how how I make the music, I play the harp and that's like doing a pencil sketch. And mm-hmm. then I bring in all the other sounds. And those are the colors that I Bring it to life with. But, and as I bring it to life and flesh it out with all the other sounds, a, a picture appears through a feeling. Oh, and this one yeah. came, Rose Petal Tea. And it's a story of a couple about their love affair over many years. And one of the things that they love to do was sit down and share a cup of rose petal tea with and, each other. And who's your violinist? Uh, my, my friend is Dove, Dove Gertzig from LA. He's a wonderful violinist and quite well known in the industry. He plays beautifully we have a long-term relationship we've been recording and performing together for from the very beginning for about 30 years now
0: oh wonderful wonderful yeah. i love i love those uh those uh mile markers uh um i can i love saying this uh sharing this with people my best friend who i've known since grade school uh he and i we got together when i went back to phoenix to uh, visit my folks for christmas uh in 2021 Um, we would sit there and we would look at each other and, and he, you know, we'd say, it's amazing. We have known each other 50, 50 years, half a century. I'm 61. And he is also now I'm the same age, 60. And I'm just like, 50 years i've known another human being now granted okay i've known my parents for 61 (laughs) years but it's it's not the same uh and and i just love that anyway let's take a break here we're going to listen to rose petal tea here on tell me your story and uh, peter sterling is my guest and i'm richard dugan and you are listening to new paradigms for a new world (laughs) We give you choices and knowledge of those choices here on the program to help make your dreams come true as we look for those new ways of living. I can tell you that if you have Peter Sterling's music, especially The Winding Way, um, available, you can find it, I'm sure, at his website. And uh, Peter, give us your website so that people can find out uh, more about you and the music that uh, you have uh, brought to us. Uh, My website is harpmagic.com, H-A-R-P-M-A-G-I-C.com. I I love that website. That is fabulous. Harpmagic.com, and as I say, every program, we will be linked to your website. And people will be able to uh, connect with you and even purchase your book and your CD. The book, by the way, once again, is hearing. The Angels Sing, and uh, this has to do uh, with uh, Peter's uh, true story of angelic assistance, and he shared with us a little bit of that. Um, did you, even from an early age, especially in your childhood, uh, have an awa- at least an awareness of the angelic realm? Well, I, I write about in my book an experience I had
1: as a child, I was six years old. Um, I was living in Southern California in L.A. And my my mother decided to take me to the Episcopal Church this one Sunday. I would go and I would often go into the Sunday school section with the other kids and, you know, learn Bible stories and eat donuts and things like that and run around. But this one day it was near Easter. And my mother decided she invited me to come with her and her best friend to come into the main, you know, chapel Uh and and for the main service this one day. And I decided I would do that. So I can remember sitting between my mother and her good friend. And um, the priests were, you know, they were burning incense and they had holy water and they were saying things in Latin. They were doing this whole high Episcopal ceremony. And I was pretty transfixed by it. And there was music, but there were beautiful stained glass windows around this beautiful sanctuary. And depicting, you know, the life of Christ or whatever. And the sun, all of a sudden I was sitting there, the sun moved and came in through one of these stained glass windows and shined a beam of colored light down onto the floor kind of in front. And I was just transfixed by this rainbow light coming in through, through the stained glass window. And I remember I was taken up. I had some sort of illumination as a child where I kind of traveled up the light beams and went through the stained glass and saw some sort of light. I saw the light, so to speak. And when I came back to my awareness in the room, I told my mother that when I grow up, I want to be a stained glass window maker. (laughs) And 10 years later I became an apprentice to a stained glass artist. So there was something that happened in that time. Uh, and perhaps I don't remember seeing angels, but there was some sort of illumination. We call it, might call it the atonement. It was like I was taken up as a young child and there was like the light touched me and it, it really touched my soul. And that really directed my course towards the light, I think, most of my life. And, and then what shortly ensued after that, Richard, was I began to sit at the piano in our family, in the living room, on the family upright piano that belonged to my Irish grandmother, and um, and now it was in our living room. And this one evening, my brother, who's five years old, was practicing violin. And all of a sudden, I just sat at the piano and I just started playing along with him, up and down the keys. And this began this period of time where I was just improvising on the piano. I was six, seven years old, and um, and I would tell people that I was composing my masterpieces. My mother was amazed. She was like, "What is going on here? Like a prodigy, all of a sudden." And my mother started to invite people to come over to my home and hear me play. So I was like giving these little recitals, you know, and she would sit there and they would have a cocktail and I the, the little boy would play the piano. And one day she invited a, a friend of hers, some guy from Hollywood who was an accomplished pianist, and he mm-hmm. came in to listen to me play. And I said, OK, I'll show you. So I started playing and and he looked at me and he said, oh, no, no, no. you're going to have to take proper lessons you're not doing it properly and i looked up at him and i all of a sudden i felt i'm not doing it right like this was my joy this was my i kind of went into ecstasy when i would play the piano and all of a sudden he was like no you're doing it wrong and that just like turned it off i just walked away from it and he wasn't sensitive enough to see what was happening here he said, no, you know, it's like we don't want to say that to kids too much, right? No, no. And he, he did it right at that moment. And that ended my piano career. And then when I started playing the harp, you know, all these years later, my first album, Harp Magic, the songs of that, they're very childlike. And a lot of my music has a childlike kind of innocence to it. And, and it felt like with the first album, that's I kind of picked up right where I had left off all those years before
0: well you know um I have to say that I have never heard the soundtrack from an action adventure or horror film played with a harp it just doesn't work <laughs> you know what I'm saying so angelic and childlike and fan fantasy and all the that's the sound of the harp. It's so yeah. wonderful. It truly is. I want to listen to another piece Okay. Uh, from The Winding Way. Peter Sterling is our guest. And what shall we listen to uh, as uh, in music, so in life, as it says on the back of the uh, CD jacket?
1: How about uh, track number uh, 10, Hope for Tomorrow? And this is really a song about mm. hope hope for tomorrow. You know, this, this album actually was recorded here in my home studio, Richard, during the the global pandemic lockdown. Uh, a lot of great music was recorded during those, those times, yeah. but yeah. this is what I did. I just sat in my home studio and I just said, what am I going to do? How am I going to respond to what's going on in the world right now? And I was, I'm just going to play music, you know, and see what comes through. And that's what this music is. Yeah. And
0: that's what we, uh, we really need. We do, we do need hope. Uh, There's nothing wrong with it, uh, to be hopeful for the future. I think one of the the interesting aspects as we go to this piece, uh, uh, Peter, is conversation I had with one of my guests and of course we talk about choices and I said choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true and I said uh, you know it said that uh, uh, we are where we are today because of all the choices that we've made in the past you know and that well wherever we are tomorrow it'll be based upon all the choices that we make from this point forward and he says well that may be true but consider this all of the choices that you will make from this point forward are based upon your perception of what you think the future will be, what your perception of the future will be. And I think about basically two different types of people at this moment or more than others more than that. But uh, you know, those who uh, have dug a hole in the ground, and lined it with concrete and covered it over and fortified it and weaponized it and filled it with uh, all kinds of supplies the preppers if you will their perception of the future is catastrophe disaster Armageddon the end of the world I'm not Mm -hmm. a prepper and Mm -hmm. that's not where I'm coming from I have a different vision of the future I do, too. And, you know, my mother asked me once, so how's your retirement plan coming? I said, what, what are you talking about? I don't have a retirement plan. I don't have a 401K. I've got nothing saved up because I have no intention of retiring myself, retiring my truck, you know, putting new tires on the truck. Yeah, I plan on doing that. But mm-hmm. I have no plans because this is just too much fun to quit, you know? And if I can continue to make, you know, make money at it and and maybe increase the income to where I can say, you know what, I'm moving to Ireland. No one's going to stop me now. I've got the resources. Off I go yeah. and, and so forth or wherever. Um, we I want to thrive. I know that that's where you're coming from, too. And I'll tell you what. Let's talk about thriving when we come back. As we uh, go out with this particular song from The Winding Way, Peter Sterling is my guest. And again, we are going to listen to uh, Give Me That's Hope for Tomorrow. Here on Tell Me Your Story, new paradigms for a new world. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for being with us here on the program as we continue our conversation with Peter Sterling. And uh, Peter, uh, it's just beautiful music. You have now. I know you have at least two CDs out, and of course, I uh, even the CD that's in the book. Um, you know, uh, hearing the angels sing. Uh, how many CDs do you have out uh, these days? In the years that you've been performing and playing that uh, most uh, most magnificent. Uh, it's, it's a, a piece of art as well as the art that you create with it. It's just beautiful. Thank you. Uh, the Winding Way is album number 16. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I've been busy, you know. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, but, you know, you spread that out over, what, you say, 30 years? Uh, yeah, but almost 28 years, I got 16 <laughs> albums. So I do one every couple of years, yeah. you know? Yeah, I'm not going to do the math. I'm not going to figure out. <laughs> but you put them out when you want to. You don't have a necessarily a contract with some record producing company. To not say... anymore, no. Yeah.
1: I have had that. Yeah. But uh, I've been on two record labels. In my career, but now I have my own record label, Harp Magic Music. So all my music is produced in house here. And oh. I have my distribution channels set up. So I have direct licensing through different portals to get it out there for streaming and downloads and all that. It's amazing what artists can do nowadays. You know, you can do it yourself. And I'm a do it
0: DIY kind of guy. Yeah. I never cared much for the record industry when I was a kid growing up listening to uh, music stations when I'd hear the same song by the same artist over and over and over again. And it's like, well, what else have they done? And that's when I started buying the albums, uh, in particular of my three favorite artists, John Denver and uh, Dan Fogelberg and Harry Chapin. And I just started collecting their albums. And Mm -hmm. I might have 10 or 15 of uh, John's and uh, 8 or 10 of uh, Harry's and maybe the same of uh, Dan's. Uh, Sadly, all three of them have since passed. But, you know, it's like, I want to hear what else they do. I want to yeah. hear what else they create. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and go back to what we were talking about as we ended the last segment and talk about this aspect of moving from, and this is the way I phrase it, moving from survival to thrival. Um, how do you how do you see that? And uh, have you maybe crossed that threshold where you see yourself now as, hey, huh? I'm not surviving anymore. I'm thriving.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty thriving right now, I suppose. But I've gone through a lot of hard times. I I lived as a starving artist most of my adult life, and you know, I went through difficult times, and that's all in my book. That's all. I talk very uh, candidly and frankly uh, about some some of my struggles that I went through. I think that's all part of that hero's journey, you know.
0: Ah, yes, yeah. Had to build
1: fortitude and persistence and courage and willpower to achieve and you know, attaining somebody's soul's destiny goal is not always an easy path to go down it's much easier to go into the the cookie cutter kind of pre-planned pathway of career and retirement and all that to find you know but i decided not to do that i took the path less traveled so to speak you know but it's interesting you talk about john denver because you'll see in my book there i have a picture of him in there because he was very influential on me I as saw well that. and uh, i ended mm. up working for him i i was lived in colorado in aspen and this is all in the book and um, I worked with him at the Windstar Foundation oh, yeah. in Aspen for five years. And uh, I got to see him perform with his band and with Symphony Orchestra on many, many occasions in the music tent in Aspen. And I've seen him bring a whole audience, tears, crying. It wasn't a dry eye in the house. He was a very, very, very gifted soul and had a big influence on me. And actually, when my, when my music first start because i met him on several occasions and actually i was in a in a in a commercial uh for united way it was for the super bowl that was one of my claim to fame i was in a commercial with john denver for the uh for the united way charity that was shown during super bowl back in the 80s and they filmed it in aspen in this beautiful alpine meadow with him playing the guitar and all these people around him and i happened to be in that but uh When my music first started to come through, he appeared to me in dreams and he was guiding me in dreams on where to go to make a connection. He kind of led me towards my first record deal with my first album. It was very interesting. Mm. And that's
0: all detailed in the book. Well, I had a conversation with someone not long ago. We were talking about John and how the music that he created that came through him was his attempt To try to lay out um, his life and what was, as he would often say, I mean, it's almost quoting him from his album An Evening with John Denver, which I I still have the double album at home. Uh, He says that, you know, what is so about my life and the difference between what he would sing about and the challenges that he had in his life and how... It was almost as if he was he wasn't able to bring the two together. I mean, his his life. I remember reading his book, uh, his audible, uh, listening to his audible book, mm-hmm. and uh, he would talk about uh, the things that he was into uh, at that time in his life, and how, uh, you know, the drugs and so forth, and of course the relationships over the mm-hmm. years and mm-hmm. and so on. And yet the music that he sings, the lyrics that he writes um, speak of a whole different person. A person who is, in a manner of speaking, sort of not necessarily has it all together, but is very aware, very introspective, um, really trying to be the best person that he can be. And yet in his real life, boy, he just it was just he was stumbling over every what seemed like over every stone, uh, Mm -hmm. every every turn. There was always something, you know, Mm -hmm. whether, you know, it was this issue with the plane and obviously his passing in that in that process or the, you know, the broken relationships uh, with his wives and so forth and so on. Um, And that was just an observation on the part of this other person and I that we were talking Mm -hmm. about. I thought, yeah, that's that is interesting and i guess sort of that's the way it is even with my song which is actually it's entitled i'm a good man doing the best i can Mm -hmm. and that's all we're trying to do here um do you i i don't I, I, i put it this way i don't believe that we make mistakes what i do believe is that we have learning experiences, and it's a big, big difference. Because with mistakes, then forgiveness is required or needed. But if it's a learning experience, what's to forgive? You're just trying to learn. Uh, you know, you know, you don't do so well on a test in school, and you don't ask forgiveness of the teacher. You hopefully you go back and you you learn something, and you do better the next time around, mm-hmm. right? That's why
1: they call them life lessons.
0: Exactly. <laughs> talk to us. And again, I know that it's, it's, it's uh, ca- covered in your book and so forth. But talk to us about your awareness, your consciousness, if you will, of awareness in regards to, uh, I'll use the word at this moment. Uh, you can change it if you'd like. Uh, about your lessons learned, your mistakes in life. Mm. Well, I write about it in the book, but there was, there was one episode
1: where um, I, um, when I first started playing the harp and the angels were channeling this music through me and I had I had a superpowers with this instrument. You know, I can play it. The harp is a magical instrument. There's a long, long history and tradition of this instrument around the world. And, you know, Merlin played the harp and the God Apollo played the harp. And uh, the harp is perhaps... most celestial instrument throughout great antiquity and there's a tone from the instrument that no other has and there's a power to it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and um i found that i had the ability to play the harp and i still do but to actually cast an enchantment i can play the harp and it's so enchanting that it's almost like a spell it's like a musical spell and i could make people kind of fall in love with me by what i could play on my magical harp you know this kind of thing and and at first, for a while, this kind of, as you were saying, the, with John and his uh, challenges he had and things he had to learn and the fame and the relationships and all that, I went through that in my own way. Mm. And I, I saw that I could use the harp in a, that had power over people. And when I was first, I had to learn about that. And I there was a part where I was using it a time maybe to glorify my own ego you know Mm. but that's not what this gift was about and so what happened was i had been i had signed a, a record contract i had international distribution my career just shot from the very beginning i mean after only 10 months of playing i made my first recording without any formal lessons and that got uh discovered by a record label that released it worldwide so i was flying pretty high on my horse for a while and thinking i was you know pretty special and then what happened was I was traveling in my in my, my van with the harps up in New Mexico and my van caught on fire. Oh. And uh, I had two harps in the car and they burned to crisp. I had mm. to get away before the car exploded. It was a Volkswagen van and mm. I was on a country road and there was no fire department around to put it out. So I sat there and watched my most prized possessions burn in this flame of destruction that took it. It was the harps were taken away. So I had to go through this whole period of, I didn't have a harp for six months and I didn't know if I would play again because I thought the angels took them away from me. And in a sense, they did. They had to teach me that, Hey, this is not for that. This is for a different intention. And this music is not just for you to, to glorify your own ego. This is to the glory to God, you know? uh and i had to learn a big lesson so then i had to kind of pray and i had to ask for the i had to ask for forgiveness i had to go through this whole thing and then the harp came back into my life and i had to learn a big lesson about that uh as far as what i use this this gift Mm. that the angels and god has given me to play the instrument it's you know
0: we're talking with Peter Sterling, and he has a CD we're featuring here on the program called "The Winding Way." We're also talking about his book, his uh, uh, latest book, if you will, called "Hearing the Angels Sing." It's a true story of angelic assistance. Peter Sterling is my guest. I'm Richard Dugan. This is "Tell Me Your Story." We are bringing you new paradigms for a new world here on the program, looking for those new ways of living and giving you choices and knowledge of those choices. To help make your dreams come true, I'm I I am going to use the um, I say analogy, but it's actually true, and this has been sort of proven that when a cook goes into the kitchen to prepare a meal, and I use my grandmother as the example of uh, my favorite my favorite dish that she would make would be tamales. Mm. And for years, I was looking everywhere to try to find the tamales that tasted like my grandmother made. And someone finally opened up my eyes and said, Hey, you're never going to find them because they were infused with your grandmother's love. So with that real-life story slash analogy... Who made your harp, the one that you play now? Who made it? Who's the harp maker? Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: The harp maker is the one I I was playing here. That's a Dusty Strings harp, and they're Mm a very
0: famous harp maker from Seattle. Yeah. And are you familiar or aware enough of this individual, or I don't know if it's a factory or it's made by an individual as to their awareness of that aspect of creation.
1: Well, I never talked to them about that. I have talked to them from time to time, but they're very much aware of the purity of the sound that comes from their instruments. And their um, kind of tradition goes back more into the, the Celtic folk harp. So they have kind of that Irish harp uh feel to it you can see here which i love about their logo they have this beautiful kind of uh almost with a celtic kind of a knot on yes the instrument. So it's just a beautiful instrument harps are beautiful just to have them in the room uh i could play in another little bit for you if you like please yeah.
0: Some beautiful, beautiful stuff. And I have to tell you that as you're playing and as we're recording this and I'm watching the wave being created, it almost looks like the same waves that are created when you and I are conversing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: There's not a lot of smoothness uh, just by visual perception. To the wave itself, it's very well defined, and and so forth, ups and downs, and ups and just because of the plucking of the strings. So it's almost like a conversation, or mm. uh, as as we would love to say on this program, a story being being told. It certainly is. <laughs> now, you have sixteen CDs. What can you tell me? about what has changed if anything in your music over those 16 cds or 28 Mm. years of of playing
1: well i've been thinking about that myself and i think uh, as i continue on this journey there's a continual refinement of my skills on the instrument also in the studio there's techniques i use to to create kind of the harmonic structure of my sound. And, and, um, you know, this is a lifelong skill for me. So I think as I, as I mature as a person and as artist, the sound is becoming clear. It's like my first album, I had only been playing the harp 10 months and I didn't even know what I was doing. I just kind of, it just happened. But now after all this time, I've refined my skills now. And, um, uh like a fine bottle of wine you know that's Mm. the thing about music musicians get better as they get older you know Mm -hmm. it seems to be one of these things so as you were talking about earlier this is something that i'll do for the rest of my life you know i feel lucky that i have something that i can do and the harp has been you know my sanctuary i can doesn't matter what's going on in the world i have this friend here that i can sit with
0: Mm.
1: and i can play an enchanting melody on and it soothes my soul I just play. I, I play for what brings me joy and what warms my heart, and it seems to have a universal appeal. And uh, the music's had great success. Actually, the Winding Way is trending on Amazon right now
0: and hot
1: new releases in the new age section. So
0: fantastic! You know, now, <clears throat> when you give concerts, um, you're you're playing obviously songs that you know, but you're also improvising as well throughout yeah. the concert. Absolutely. just Improvisation
1: is a big part of my performance and uh, I have set songs, I have a set list, but I always have blank spots in there for um, just improvisation one, improvisation two, improvisation three. Mm. And my audience loves it. You know, there's something that's very kind of raw and on the edge, you know, there's, I find that when I improvise that really allows spirit to come through. There's some artists that like to play their music, you know, kind of the same every time, but I use my music, my my songs, my past songs, just as kind of a loose framework. Mm-hmm. And when I revisit them and play them, I always like to explore them a little differently and see how I could play it a little differently just to keep it interesting for me. And I think that gives a life to the music. Uh, and uh, I, I just love, that's just how it's always happened for me. That's one of my gifts, I guess, is my gift of improvisation.
0: Mm. Peter Sterling is our guest here on the program. The Winding Way is the latest CD available through harpmagic.com and his uh, latest book is uh, Hearing the Hearing the Angels Sing a True Story of Angelic Assistance. Is this uh, uh what number book do we we attribute this one to? That's book number 1 and there's two <laughs> other books that are in the works. There's <laughs> Yeah, so we'll see. Well, wonderful. I'm still working on my first, and I've been working on it for over 20 years. There you go. I'm not writing War and Peace. I'm (laughs) procrastinating.
1: (laughs) Writing a book is a huge process. It wasn't easy writing a book. The music flows, but
0: writing is a skill,
1: and it's a craft.
0: Yeah, and and you have to stay at it. Now, I've written the the, the basics of it, but, you know, I I just sit here going – how much longer are you going to keep this? And, of course, I'll, I'll mention it on the programs. So, well, how do people get a copy of it? Well, uh, if you want a PDF of it, I can certainly run one off for you and send it to you, that kind of thing. But sure. I would love to have it hardbound or at least a hard version, uh, a hard copy of it, whether it's in paperback or otherwise. Uh, and it'll get there. And I know the okay. format, too, and and uh, all of that. But um, creating these things is, is – uh, um, is quite an amazing thing for us these days I mean I I get I got into this business in 1979 I was 19 years old Mm. and uh, I was working with the technology of that day radio business in the radio business
1: yeah, broadcast
0: and I sit here going you know I miss those days (laughs) <laughs> of vinyl and tape and a yeah. razor blade and a, a splicing block and a china marker and and vinyl and and all of that stuff and mm-hmm. and then doing stuff live and and, and the tube the incandescent tubes. Uh, the vacuum tubes, I should say, uh, that 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 powered the various pieces of equipment that we were using, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, and it was just it was a lot of fun, a lot of creativity. And I have to say that as technology has moved forward, I've I've often thought how, "Ah, man, I don't know, creativity is going to kind of be sucked right out of this. And well, Mm. the creativity isn't in the technology, no matter how ancient or modern it is. It's in us. It's mm-hmm. in us.
1: Yeah, the technology is allowing me more and more to bring forth what's inside of me and manifesting it in a form so that others yeah. can have this experience.
0: How many harps do you have?
1: Oh, gosh. I I had eight until recently. I sold a couple off. But uh, I have a good
0: collection. The house is scattered with them. Now... This is I I don't want to uh, handheld if you will I mean you you can carry this thing around almost almost <laughs> under your arm. Uh, uh, yeah, this is a full size folk harp. It weighs about forty five pounds. Okay, maybe not car- carry it under your arm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a heavy harp. Uh, do you play mm-hmm. the the real large ones as well? The the I have my second album I recorded on a large
1: classical uh, pedal harp uh, chromatic symphonic harp. Yes. Mm. And one was given to me to use to make that recording by the most famous harp maker of those uh, pedal harps in the United States. Wow. And Healy, And I made a connection with them and they saw my talent and they sent me one free. Oh. They sent me a beautiful, cause they just started making an electric pedal harp. And uh, they had a prototype and they sent it to me from Chicago. They shipped it out free of charge <laughs> to allow me to have it for like three months so that I could record my album with it. Wow! It was a 20, you know, it was a 25, $30,000 harp. And that was just kind of the magic that's in my book too. I talk about that. That was one of the things I was like, Oh my God, this amazing harp player is giving me a harp. I guess I really have something going here. So I, I did it. That was for my album, Gypsy Road, my second album. Mm.
0: Now, that raises another interesting question in terms of the inspiration from the angelic realm, from the divine, from, you know, above or out there, if you will, uh, that flows through. And then your own personal level of self-confidence Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because to me, that seems like something rather important that one needs at at some level to say, with only a smidgen of ego, (laughs) I'm good at what I do. Mm -hmm. And that that's okay to say. Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, in the early days, the angels were so uh, paramount to the, to the experience of bringing this through that I, I really gave them credit for it mostly. But then as I got more proficient at the instrument and deepened into my skills with the harp, uh, I was able to take over on my own and the angels were actually kind of, were so, you know, part of the original recordings. And then uh, after a while I got my wings and they let me just kind of go off on my own. And, and I felt, uh, I felt uh, confident enough that I could do that. And, uh, and then, you know, what's happened, Richard is also the recognition. The music just has a life of its own. I just make it and I send it out to the world without any attachment to what's going to happen. It just has this magical thing that these records that happen to them, but uh in, in recent years, there's been a lot of recognition in the music industry. I've won several awards and been at the top of the charts. And, you know, it's very fulfilling. It's very, very, um, feels really nice to do that. So recently, and they've been telling me that Peter, you know, you don't realize how you know how big you are in the music in the new age music scene i i try to be humble you know and Mm -hmm. and i don't see myself as other people do but more and more people are starting to recognize my music and i i'm actually being asked now to even step into a whole new level of mastery with it and really up the game too i think there's Mm -hmm. there's more things that i want to achieve now and i want to have i need the confidence to do that so that's what i'm doing now i'm mustering New confidence in 2022, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm uh, my intention is to manifest some big visions and dreams this year, as it, probably for you too, Richard, and and uh, and your listeners who are here, that we can uh, kind of unify with that. That you know, let's let's make our dreams come true in 2020. Dreams come true in 22. <laughs>
0: I love it. I like I love that. It. Well, I will tell you, I'm going to I'm going <clears> to <throat> borrow that uh let your, make your dreams come true in 2022, but 2022 is also the year of uh, the Deuce's Wild, which I mm-hmm. translate meaning opportunities abound. Which is saying the same thing uh in terms of uh, uh making your dreams come true in 2022. And I I just uh I couldn't agree with you more. I've got several projects that are sort of moving forward. They're moving slowly, but that's fine. I would rather them move slowly. Uh, I, I, I uh, can't uh, hearken it to uh, <clears throat> a tree growing. I would rather have the tree grow slowly and dig its roots deep, deep, deep into the soil so that when the storms of life, if you will, <laughs> come along, uh, it'll, it might sway a little bit. Okay, but it's not going to be pulled out of the ground, whereas a fast-growing tree most likely is going to be ripped right out of the ground, roots and all. Well, it happens in God's timing. That too. That is, that is the other part of it as well. Uh, I hear the phrase, I've heard this phrase over and over and over again throughout my life, especially associating and connecting with and being a part of the metaphysical community, both in Arizona and here, but divine right timing. Sure. Divine right timing. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. Well, timing is a, a, a big issue for us here because uh, we're always uh, um, limited just by virtue of the amount of time that we're able to uh, uh, have with our guests. And by the way, uh, Uh, To your point about uh, how the music just kind of flows and so forth, uh, I I say on this program all the time that uh, the universe is asking you the questions. I'm just along for the ride. You know, that's that's my uh, that's my deal. And so uh, I I have no claim to fame in that regard. Uh, I've even challenged the universe. No, no, no. That question has nothing to do with what we're talking about here. And it just keeps mm-hmm. no, no, no 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 pounding away. And okay, okay, and um, I got to stop the interview uh, here because I got to ask you this question uh, because the universe won't leave me alone. <laughs> and I've gotten better and better at saying okay, uh, because sometimes it takes us in a direction that whoever's listening needs to hear.
1: For sure, and
0: it's the same thing with you and the music. Uh, what you might be playing is something that someone needs to hear. Exactly. It's powerful stuff. This is Tell Me Your Story. Peter Sterling is my guest, and you are listening to New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, Peter Sterling uh, is joining us here on the program as we come uh, to the last part of our broadcast. Uh, the winds, the Winding Way is the CD, and um, the book is entitled Hearing of the Angels Singing. Hearing the Angels Sing is the title of the book, and... Uh, harpmagic.com harpmagic.com is the website and Peter I uh, I can't tell you how much I've really enjoyed our conversation here it's been a great pleasure not only to talk with you and find out about who you are but also to hear the music that is coming through you Uh, and I think that's probably an accurate term right that it's coming through you
1: I would say so yes and I
0: really appreciate the time that you've given us here on the program
1: It's been great to be here with you, Richard. A lot of fun. Thank you.
0: I have three final questions that I ask all of my guests. You may have answered them to some degree during the program, but I'd like to ask them directly. But before I do that, I need to address you, the listener and the viewer. And thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We uh, are uh, on the air uh, here in uh, the city of Santa Barbara, California at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Sundays. Mondays at 1 a.m. and Wednesdays for our special edition of Tell Me Your Story, we are on at 9 a.m. And then we are streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. And we're podcasting on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry. We are also on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other outlets uh, that uh, we are so grateful for. And um, we are also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. We will also be linked to uh, Peter's website. Again, it is harpmagic.com so that you can find out more about the work that he is doing. Um, Pick up some of the CDs. He's got 16 of them, so a wide variety to choose from. And we hope that you will at least uh, go there and choose uh, one or two. I would venture that he is available also on Spotify, and that would be helpful as well uh, to be listening to uh, the work that he is putting out. We also encourage you that uh, if you're able to do so and you can support us financially, uh, any amount is greatly appreciated. We have a PayPal account for your security as well as ours. And when you go to send us uh, uh, support, uh, they're going to ask you for the email address. It's richard at richarddugan.com. Richard at richarddugan.com. And please participate in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s. We ask you to spend time in that quiet peaceful, calm, still place. And you may be in Sedona too <laughs> and listen to that still small voice and get that inspiration, that encouragement, that insight, um, sometimes that education and sometimes just words of, of, of support uh, for what you might be going through. And we hope that you will do just that. And with all of that being said, As I now put on the game show host uh, hat, it's time now for the bonus round with our three final questions. (laughs) (laughs) And the first of those questions, who is Peter Sterling? Oh, my goodness, you're putting me on the spot here,
1: Richard, at the end here. Uh, They call me a harp
0: guy, so we can just go with that. I'm the harp guy. Okay. (laughs) What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? My work is here to uh, uplift souls
1: and to bring hope and healing into people's lives and to the world.
0: And finally, what is your life's purpose? Mm. My life's purpose is harmonic with what
1: I just said. It's to unify, to, to unite the tribes, to bring people together in the power of God's divine love, and to create a beautiful new world, to bring hope for tomorrow.
0: Well, Peter, again, we thank you so much for joining us and uh, enlightening us, as well as entertaining us, too, uh, with the music that we have featured on today's program from the CD, The Winding Road. Peter Sterling, my guest, and again, that Windy book... Way. I'm sorry, The Winding Way. I don't know what I just said, but it's The Winding Way. (laughs) And the title of the book is Hearing the Angels Sing. It's a true story of angelic assistance. All of this can be yours. Uh, All you have to do is go to the website, harpmagic.com. Harpmagic.com will be linked to that website as well. I want to thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story. New paradigms for a new world as you make your dreams come true in 2022. Thank you, Peter Sterling. And we hope that you will join us again on our next broadcast, podcast, videocast. And until then, love to